0: Mindy and I'm a total trekkie. I think that right now more than ever, everyone should be trekkies.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Can I ask an annoying? First of all, I love that you. I feel like you've teed up this question. Do you think (laughs) everyone should be trekkies right now? Are you a trekkie or a trekker? And do you feel like there is a difference?
0: I don't. So here's where I guess I'm not as good of a trekkie trekker because I didn't know there was a difference.
1: Wait, you didn't know until right now, or?
0: Yes. What? Are you kidding? I feel I, like Trekkie was I, like this I, thing that the Trekker
1: community said no.
0: Oh, I I always think Trekkie. So I guess I'm a Trekkie. Yeah,
1: I feel like you're using the politically incorrect term for oh, your right. your.
0: <laughs> as as I should as a good Trekkie. <laughs>
1: Okay, so my first question is, uh, well, I'll just lead off your intro, which said that you think right now everybody should be a Trekkie. Why? Why? Why now?
0: Now I have to put my caveat on this. I am a mostly next generation and the knockoffs from that Trek person. Um, So what do you count? That counts. What?
1: Okay, so basically the next generation and everything after that, but not the original series.
0: Well, no, I do like the original i don't like anything after voyager well, what I, comes I, after
1: tell me what I comes have, after Voyager.
0: oh no no i saw enterprise i do like enterprise i do like enterprise
1: well then um, maybe you like all of it oh wait maybe no, you don't like all. the
0: new ones discovery and card i have not watched them
1: um so you haven't I, watched them at all
0: no because we don't have we don't have cable or um or internet I mean, sorry, we have internet only, so we watch stuff on Netflix and stuff like that, and we'd have to get CBS all access and we're not going to bother.
1: So you like Star Trek, but you don't like Star Trek so much that you like want to pour money into getting it.
0: Well, no, no, it's not even that. I, I, so I, I feel like I'm getting off of your question now, but um, from I, I've been kind of watching other treker, Trekkies talk about the new ones. And I feel like it's gone. So here's why I think I'll go back to this. Here's why I think everything, everyone should be like a next generation Trekkie person right now, because the thing that I feel like Gene Roddenberry um, did is give us hope for the future. You know, um, the Federation was um, thought of all things. It was a very organized system. People were pretty much happy. And Everyone was considered and then they go to these other places and they see some weird, horrible, violent things going on on other planets and they're like, well, this is the way that we did it and let's see if we can help you get there. And, and everyone accepts each other and this is just not happening anymore and I feel like the new ones are getting more to the, um, it's all about me, it's all about me and I don't feel like the, the next generation was like, it's all about us. I felt like it was very open to everyone.
1: That, so, okay, so you mentioned Gene Roddenberry, who was like the yes. original creator of the original series yes. and did yes. have an impact on the next generation, although there are other creators who worked on it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right. But I feel like because he did help out, at least in the beginning of the next generation. He was still alive when, when that started, so I think they would he was consulting on it. <laughs>
1: now, it's interesting because I, I think in the past couple years, I went back to the original series, and, and you're right. So the Federation, the 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 sort of uh, giant governmental group that sends the Starship Enterprise out to, out to the stars to explore, uh, they're, 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 the idea is all of humanity is kind of working together. And even with other, some races like the Vulcans were working together with them too. And yes. there's conflicts with other races, but not with the people. And I felt like in the next generation, there was already more conflict between the characters on the ship than there was on the original show. But I don't know, maybe you disagree. Do you think the next generation was still very optimistic and...
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. I felt like it was just the more open world trying to come together as a... Like, I, I do feel like the idea of being global and not being territorial is important. And I feel like the world is only becoming more territorial and not becoming global. But the United Federation was all these planets. Forget all the countries on the planet, but the whole planet, you know, they're all getting together. But yeah, I do feel like on the original series so how I first started watching it is I watched the reruns when I was a kid. I'd come home from school and watch the reruns. And um sometimes in some ways it would annoy me because um Captain Kirk was always just um kissing the girls and there were there were fights <laughs> and things. So it was a very <laughs> typical that kind of thing. But when I rewatch it now, he's crazy good. I mean, he's got a presence about him that it It's I feel like the next generation took it further to being more of a peaceful society, but it was there in the beginning, too. It was, you know.
1: Yeah, because I feel like Kirk in that original series, he does. So he's he's sexy and romantic and he likes the ladies, human and (laughs) alien. And he's also aggressive, and I feel like they captured that a bit in the new J.J. Abrams movies, where Kirk is like yes. the renegade who's a little too testosterone fueled, a little too yeah. confident of himself, and he needs these other people around him, like the Vulcan, the even-tempered Vulcan Spock, and maybe the more human, more practical Bones, to like pull him back or keep him right. Like, calibrated.
0: Right. Right. And I, you're right. I didn't even bring in the, mo- this, the movie universe. I do. Did like you like nervous- those? I did like them, but I do feel like, again, they're just trying to be like, I feel like in general movies anymore, just trying to be like, boom, bam, boom, bam everywhere instead of story. <laughs> um, and I feel like that was what was so excellent about Next Generation. And I liked Voyager and I liked um, uh, Voyager and Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, because I felt like there were stories that mattered. And there, there's moments I would get emotional, you know? So I don't feel that in a lot of the entertainment today.
1: So, I mean, it's, so right now, I guess we could say, hey, we're in the middle of this pandemic where most people are staying at home in some way. And people are talking about the fact that they're either binging on reading or most people are don't have the patience, even or the attention span for reading, myself included, often. And we just sit and watch TV or sit and watch movies. We're basically binge watching stuff. Yes. There's so much stuff to watch. But you... And your husband too, you re, you rewatched Star Trek. What is it about Star Trek? You think that I know you, so you've mentioned one thing, which is like, you love the fact that it's global and not, not tribal, and that it has this optimistic view that people can get along and it's organized. What else do you think so appeals that you like watching it so much?
0: I, I do think that um, I, I, I go back to Roddenberry, I guess, because I feel like I've heard that like that he'll, he'll talk about societal problems. So the, 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 a lot of the, um, I think about next generation. The outlier was data. He's a machine. He he's not sentient. Uh, well, maybe he is. I mean, they have they have episodes about exploring that. I mean, yes, he has. He's
1: an android. Like, he looks like a person.
0: But he looks acts. like a person, yeah. person. but but you know, but then they're like, well, we can just make the the robots do whatever we want. We want them to go over here. They have to go over there. And um, Picard fights back. He's like, no um he has feelings he is himself he should be able to do what he wants you know so they actually have some great episodes about looking into um what makes um like the the line between automation and people if that makes sense
1: no it's it totally does do you th- and, then, are and there- then the next
0: yeah. and then the next level which i really love voyager and now i have to admit um or one of our dogs is named Janeway, after Captain Janeway.
1: <laughs> okay, um, and the Voyager is... So you have the original series where the Enterprise goes out and explores. The second series where the new Enterprise goes out and explores. Then the third series, Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. they're parked on a station. And then this show, Voyager, tell me what the setup is for Voyager. So
0: that is, they go out and they get caught in... I can't even think of the word right now, which is horrible. But they get, they get thrown from the Alpha Quadrant, we're all in the Alpha Quadrant, right now, it. you're in the Alpha Quadrant. Um,
1: you mean like, really, like they actually, you're saying the astrophysicists call this the Alpha Quadrant? Oh no, in- they,
0: that, the, the Star Trek <laughs> this call it. Oh, gotcha,
1: okay, got you, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the Alpha Quadrant, okay.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm bringing you to Star Trek. Um, okay. Uh, it throws them into the Delta Quadrant. And, which is just, I mean, it would take them, it just, they could immediately send there, and it would take them thousands, like, how many years? hundred years? I feel like I should, I don't want to tell people wrong, I, but many, many, many years, possibly generations to get back to Earth.
1: And they would and have to so be a full so, speed warp, and they would just have to go yes. nonstop, stop it would take yes. them
0: forever. Right, not run into anything, well, but they have to run into things, because they need to find food and energy, right. but... Um, that, yeah but anyway it would take them forever to get back home but they but they plot a course home and the whole episode, the whole series is them plotting a course home and trying to find shortcuts to get there and they're having to interact with all kinds of different species because no one's ever seen them no one's been in the delta quadrant well some people have but that we meet along the way but but um, so they do
1: stumble into some people who wound up in the delta quadrant from yes,
0: the alpha yeah,
1: quadrant Yes, yeah in a well yeah, yeah. what are the Amelia Earhart?
0: Yes, she yeah. yeah. some <laughs> aliens she got she, the, some aliens abducted her and some other people and they find him in the Delta Quadrant and they wake him up.
1: Holy crap. Uh, I feel like I need to bring, I don't think I ever got all the way through Voyager. What are social so uh, with, so one social issue you mentioned is like in the next generation they kind of look at sentience or what makes you human. Are there yes. other social issues things that make the show to you feel particularly relevant, especially Voyager, you mentioned that you liked Voyager. Yes. What kind so of stuff do they that, deal with?
0: The thing that, and one thing that my husband and I love about our favorite character on that is the doctor who is um, a hologram. Okay. So that's another level beyond automation of is a hologram sentient. You know, they you're just supposed to live on the on the um, ah, hologram. Uh,
1: okay. Is it that a place they go in the door and like the walls yes. look like a grid? So the holodeck.
0: Yes, the holodeck. Thank you. Sorry, I apologize because my brain—it's too much in Star Trek. I can't remember. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yes. Um. So you know, they're—they're just—they're—they're they're designed by people. People write programs for the holodeck, and you can go in. You can hang out with Shakespeare or Leonardo uh, Le da Vinci, Leonardo da Vinci, that kind of thing. Anyone you want to hang out with. And um, anyway. Um. So what they do is the doctor, the, the, they did have a doctor on Voyager, but he got killed on the way to the Delta Quadrant. So they have to make the holographic doctor become the doctor. And he starts deciding, I want to do this. And he's, he's a very creative individual. You know, he can do all his doctor stuff, but he also, he loves to sing. You you, you find out all these things about him and they actually end up having another just like they did with Data in Next Generation, where um, at what point are um, holograms sentient? Can you tell them to go do everything? Because, you know, what they they end up doing in the future is um, uh, all the jobs no one wants to do, who's going to do them? They have a lot of um, holograms to them. Or or robots like um, Data and it's it's and you think about oh there's all these doctors out there that are really just curious and they want to expand their minds and they're forced to dig in in the mines for their whole lives you know that's it so it's again exploring um being human and and giving human humanity to things you would never think of well you would but even more than you thought well uh
1: that's interesting. So on Next Generation, do you have a favorite character on Next Generation?
0: Um yeah, who is my favorite artist? Probably probably Data would be, but he can kind of annoy me sometimes too. <laughs> I do like uh, LaForge. I do like Jordi LaForge a lot too.
1: And he he plays the chief engineer. And yes. he's got that cool he's got the cool visor.
0: Yes. Because he yeah. can't actually see. Yeah, his eyes, he they, they has to wear that visor because that's the only way he can see. But because of that visor, he can see the world differently than we do. He can perceive things we can't.
1: Why do you think, um, so of all the many, there are all kinds of themes that run through all the episodes. Why do you think the story of, of Data, about the line between machine and man, and the story of the hologram doctor and Voyager, the line between hologram and man, why do you think that... What? Uh, why do you like that so much? So are you super I'm, into AI or anything?
0: I, I well, I'm I, I, I'm I'm afraid of AI. Um, not I'm, a, I'm not a, afraid, I'm afraid of, of what <laughs> will happen. Like when I watch AI shows. So I think what it is is I'm very attached to pets, and I give a lot of um, anthropomorphosis to them. So I yeah. think I'm always thinking, what are they thinking? And we don't quite know. And so I transfer that over onto robots or onto holograms and i think everyone needs to have the right to say what they want to do so like i watch some um some sci-fi stuff where they have um ai and the um robots are treated badly and i can't watch it and i start crying because i'm like don't be mean to the robot don't hurt the robot you know
1: so you would have trouble. I mean, Blade Runner deals with that, where it's about exactly what you've said. It's about smart robots sent to do garbage, painful work out in places. And the or Westworld, where robots are used as playthings so, for people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, honestly, that um, Lost in Space, the new Lost in Space, I love it. Um, but it kills me because um, there's this robot that, you know, everyone else around all the other robots are killing getting off of story but um uh all, all the other robots just killed humans and then he, this guy is, is like no i made a bond with the boy and and it, it, so he starts becoming like he's changing like everyone can change maybe that's what it is everyone can change and then other people just won't allow them to and they will treat them badly because oh you're a robot i can do whatever i want to you."
1: And also, it sounds like you feel strongly, I'd be curious about maybe we could just ask about your pets too, about the autonomy that you think, what autonomy is do a pet, what autonomy is do a robot, if you made something or you're in charge of it, it doesn't have your capacity, what is it allowed to choose for itself, is the question.
0: That's a really hard question.
1: It is a hard question. I mean, so with your dogs, do you think of, are there ways in which like maybe other people wouldn't allow the dog to make an autonomous choice about, well, if the dog just not want to do this and the dog doesn't have to do this or.
0: More than anything, I, I feel like in general, if people have pets, they're good to them. Um, in, in general, I can't say that about yeah. everyone. Um, but for um, like when you see animal abuse, it's the same thing for me for animal moves. I can't watch movies when animals are hurt. I can't watch it. Just, and, and I have and I've graduated that to AI and to, I guess, holograms, you know?
1: When, <laughs> Dogs. But it's, it's something,
0: yeah. I think it's because we have the pet, we brought the pet into our world. So anything that happens to them it's our fault.
1: That, I totally see the connection with that, again, with those AI and robots. I mean, you yeah, made yeah. the thing and so now you're yeah. responsible for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we brought them into this world Let's make sure
1: they have a good life. In the themes, uh, Star Trek sometimes deals with, it's more about adults and adults and less about adults and kids. Although one of the most interesting things (laughs) in The Next Generation, people hated it, was the teenager, Wesley Crusher, who is the ensign, but people... Lots of people hated his character because he was a know-it-all preteen teen, and that's the character they gave him. Yes. And so there were kid adult conflicts before that. There were almost no kids on Star Trek, so they did deal with families more in the Next Generation, whereas they only dealt with adults, adult families in the original yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, do Do you relate the same pets and robots? Is that what parents do when a parent makes a kid? Uh, is it, is it a similar thing? I mean, do you do you have the same qualms about like if you had to watch something where people are abusing kids or this stuff like that? This is my
0: horrible admission. Um, babies and small kids, absolutely. Once you have a little bit of knowing what is going on in the world, um, I, I'm more forgiving. I'm not, I'm not forgiving of it, but if you show someone getting hurt, especially an adult, I'm like, it's horrible, but I'm not gonna cry. Usually I'm not gonna cry about it. I'm listening to myself when I sound horrible.
1: No, you um, you're just saying, I mean, you're saying just, normally when you grow up, you, you have responsibility for your actions. And if something bad happens to you because of what you did.
0: Then... And, and sometimes it's not even what you did. It's just like, there's horrible things happening in the world and you got caught in it. That's, yes. I do feel, I feel, yeah, that's what it is. It's when the world is just wrecked against you and there's nothing you can do. That's when my heart comes out. How
1: does it feel, so having watched, if you, how much, how many times have you watched the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, we didn't even talk about Enterprise or the movies. Right. Is there, like you mentioned Next Generation, how many times do you think you've seen those movies or those series? I think we've probably
0: watched Next Generation the most, probably like I don't know four or five times like we don't watch it all at once we don't binge watch those necessarily but just when we went my husband and i will just want the feeling of star trek we're like we need something positive because i think i feel like it's a positive thing and so um we watched that one the most we watch voyager a lot too so we probably watched voyager four or five times too original series i haven't watched as much um, Deep Space Nine is really good too. I, I I don't know why. I just haven't watched that one as much. And Enterprise is awesome too. It really is.
1: Do you struggle? One reason I struggle with Deep Space Nine. You know, you say you're watching for some positivity. Uh, Deep Space Nine is a little rough because the most of it is about a war. It's about a war that was happening and then a war that keeps sparking up constantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's the most strife-filled Star Trek, I think. Until I get the feel, this is why I can't, I haven't seen the new ones. I get the feeling that they're all strife-filled. It's all about much less about we as a unity and more of us as individuals. I don't, I can't say that. So I shouldn't say it's bad, but I don't, I, it feels like it's not the feeling that Gene Roddenberry put together, you know? It's more like, oh, we have to have the adversity. We have to have people against people. And I think I feel like that was what Star Trek was trying not to do, is to be like, We're all in together. Let's get along. Let's do what the best we can. But to I forgot you... your question.
1: Oh no, no, I well, I want to ask a follow-up question, which it, well, I would, about Deep Space Nine, like ah, that one's stuffed with war. Oh and yeah, you're you're right, say, right, yeah, right. Yeah, Uh what is it about it, uh, the difference between a show because I know exactly what you're talking about the next generation, where the overall theme is even though there is conflict. People are working together toward a common goal, yeah. and I think now, you know, you—I don't know if you had even thought of that. In a lot of sci-fi today, there is a tendency to um, humanize evil. So not only do you have good and evil, and they're both kind of presented as well, they both have a reason to do what they do. Then everyone kind of has their own individual motives, and then it—it it really doesn't feel like everyone sort of pulling together on a cause but I don't know maybe you could put it in your own words what to you when you say people aren't acting together and they're acting for themselves what does that mean like when you're watching a movie or a show what what turns you off
0: gosh um I guess I have to think about what I think um it's what you're saying that um uh You know, I, 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 so I can't really, yeah, it's just like, um, whatever I think is more important than what you think. I feel like a lot of people get that way or you, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. You have to understand the world I'm coming from. Everyone has an individual world they come from and we all have to just come together and not be so, um, like, but you didn't think about me. No, I was thinking about a greater good, you know? Yes. Uh. Okay, it totally
1: makes sense. Now, if you take that mentality and you put it in kind of what you're seeing in the news or how you feel what's happening in the past few years, do you feel that's absolutely that people are just thinking about themselves? Because I feel like some people argue that. I feel like people, everyone thinks they're acting for the everyone feels like they're acting for the common good, unless they're very clear about their own selfish intentions. They always think what they're doing is acting for the common good, but someone outside can look in and say uh, I could compare you two and say you're acting for the common good and you're not even though you both say you are I don't know when you see this play out in the world I don't maybe it's how do you parse that out I mean I don't, do don't do know think think-
0: that. it's that's the hard thing is I, I do feel like that's why I love Star Trek so much as I felt like they got past that which I don't think is possible um, but, and I'm not, honestly one of the things, so my husband's an economist um, the, one of the most the things in Star Trek that makes the least sense is there's no economy. I mean, there's no, you don't get paid to do anything anymore. It doesn't make any sense. Like, some people have to have jobs they don't want. So, what it, so that's when you get to the robots and the holograms, you know. Um, someone has to do the jobs no one wants. Um, and everyone should just be able to be happy and do what they do and just keep going. Um, I would love to get to that point. I don't think we ever can.
1: Sadly. So with that, I feel like I know exactly what you're saying. So the idea of the United Federation of Planets and of Earth is that these are planets where people have gotten, yeah, they're post-economy. They don't do things for the money. They do yeah. things for the common good. They do things yeah. for their own personal expression. But they don't, yeah, they don't do things to put food on the table anymore. Right, 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 right.
0: Uh, or And then the, the ones that do our other... Um... Races like the Ferengi. Oh, all I want to do is get money. So, so you just overemphasize <laughs> the need that Ferengi is all about. It's all about getting more gold, you know? Yeah. And, but And then, you, and then they're totally a laugh at them. So in that way, again, we're dividing ourselves from the Ferengi. So we're guilty of it too, you know, we can't, we, it, 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 it Star Trek makes me feel hopeful and then I see what's happening in the world and I feel less and less hopeful.
1: Well, the, so if, uh, so y- you think about the fact there's no economy and you're like, this could <laughs> never happen. This could <laughs> never happen. So for you, like Star Trek is like this, it's a utopia. It's a perfect place that yes. cannot exist.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and I can't, can I say it's an absolutely utopia? No, because of course there's bad things even in, in the, right. the idea of I gene mean, Runberry's ideal world, but um, yeah, I don't know. Can we ever get to the utopia? What well, are the big?
1: Well, you, you. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not the person on <laughs> trial here. You're the person on trial here. Buddy. Okay. Okay. You started this off with the best phrase, which was, "You watch Star Trek and you think everybody should be a Trekkie." Can I ask you, if Star Trek is a utopia that cannot happen, what yeah. do you hope? Like, what do you hope would actually come out of the ideas of Star Trek that you wish people today would just start act, changing their lives in this small way yeah. that involves, what could they do?
0: I think, well, I guess I think, man, if you watch Star Trek and really listen to what they're talking about, it'll make you think about things in a way that you hadn't, you know? Um, so it's, it's just another place where people can say, here's my life, this is the way I've made my life now, I see this other way, the other, what someone else is doing something. Instead of just saying bad, my way is better. It's like, well, let's see, let's look, look and see what's going on. Is there anything we can do from that? Let's band together and put our resources together. You know, it's, it's just to give a different outlook on the world. that That's, you know, that's what space exploration is, is seeing what else is out there.
1: So that makes me think of a major thing I was going to earlier I was going to accuse you of being a pro colonizer, but then I'm because you were talking about what the Federation of Planets does is it goes out and but even in the very first original series that could have been colonization earth has its earth has its shit together. And they send ships out to share knowledge and learn things and bring the culture of the United Federation of Planets. Can we help you in any way? Basically, in a way, gentle cultural colonization. But there's one thing we haven't talked about yet, and it was huge in the original series, and then it got even bigger in the Next Generation because Picard was obsessed with it. Was the Prime Directive? Oh yeah. You are not allowed. So describe to me your understanding of what the Prime Directive is.
0: Well, it's, it's, I, 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 think, um, I, I think they took this from the Vulcans. I don't know the, the idea of space exploration because Vulcans didn't come, bother to come. They've been there, but they didn't come bother to come down and talk to us until they saw that we were ready to look at their point of view. Okay, welcome to this world where you're going to be able to see past your um, stereotypes and things and be able to be completely open. Minded.
1: so they had they had to wait for earth's humanity to reach yes yeah, so
0: basically they- it's like you know you're so sorry what is the prime directive it's um uh don't take any steps that would um influence what would change the history for people you know don't give them technology they're not ready for yet um uh, don't help destroy other enemies because we think oh we're, you're right let's go help destroy your enemies no let let what was supposed to happen in the world happen. Let's make sure our things don't change. Kind of like if, if you think about people that when they say go back and travel to the past, don't touch anything, don't change anything or you're going to change the future. (laughs) You know, it's, it's kind of like let what was supposed to happen, happen. And, um, but when they're ready for it, then help them out.
1: So I'm of two minds on that. So, okay. So one thing is think about, obviously, whenever the prime directive gets discussed in an episode, it's almost always because someone is going to violate it because out of compassion or out of uh, rational, like we're thinking this through and we're like, this can't end well. So we need to somehow interfere into this conflict or this weird thing, because otherwise this will be terrible. Uh, But the other side is how judgy, like the Vulcans Again, the no, side yeah. of the aliens in space, it's so judgy. Like, yeah. well, when you're ready to come yes. play with us and be mature beings in the universe, <laughs> then we'll take you into our group. But until then, we're just going to leave your planet alone and well, you just and, have to and, fight and your and wars. I
0: kind of see that, I mean, the humans like the Vulcans, but there's never a complete camaraderie with them. Because, you know, they just think they're so stoic and unfeeling. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and... The Vulcans have basically turned off human, they've turned off emotions. What makes them human? Um, so it's hard to deal with that. Um, but shoot. Um,
1: oh, but just about the judgy, about the judginess. Like the prime directive, it feels good, and you're not trying to. Yeah shove yourself into another planet's dealings, but then at the other time you're just, you're not helping when you could. Aren't we all supposed to help? It's a very
0: hard thing, and I I do feel like Voyager gets into that more, just because really the primary thing they want to do is get home. So sometimes they have, they they do make decisions. Can I think of a specific example right now? No. But they might make decisions that changes some environment a little bit, just so they can get home sooner. But they really think about it because it's like this is just us. We can't change the world because we want to get home. It's it's a really hard thing because sometimes you absolutely have um, medical treatments that could treat people and get them well, but if it yes. would change their their what their knowledge of science, they're not going to do it. They're not ready for it yet. It's it's a really really hard thing.
1: It is. I mean, I'm thinking about it, and it's basically, I mean, from the original series, that is a massive. They, sometimes they try to do that. So the crew of the Enterprise tries to do the right thing on a planet and it backfires mm-hmm. because they didn't understand what was happening or yeah. the people. Again, they're not ready for it. The people, they seem like us. They're smart like us, but somehow they just won't stop fighting or they won't recognize they're all the same or they won't recognize this is an outdated belief system they need to let go of. Uh. Yeah.
0: I, it, it, re- it really makes me think about the very first episode of the Next Generation, which is um, when Q comes and finds him and starts judging. I feel like all of Next Generation was really just Q's judgment on humanity because they're trying to show we're not horrible people. We have we have moved behind beyond this because he gives them example. Q Q is a superhuman. I don't I don't even know what Q was. Do you know Do you know Q?
1: no actually i was going to ask you because i don't remember if it was ever like is he a god is he an extra dimensional I, I being know. Is,
0: I, I wonder if it's just a being on a, another level you know but they're able to move things through space and time i mean they break they break traditional physics and such
1: and he's also a total dick so that adds he to the is. problem yeah. he's I not mean, like he the is. vulcans who are emotionless and rational he's yeah. also wants to win and he oh, wants to absolutely. prove he's right I mean,
0: he's the one that direct that introduces them to the board
1: right (laughs) one of the most terrible villains yes
0: um but really the whole episode was um their very first couple episodes was they were they were going to go off on their first mission to go look at a colony um and look at how things had had been progressing and judge whether they wanted to do something with these guys and and he was like watch watch what's going to happen what are you guys going to do and it's always a big question it's like what's going on Basically, the the people on this planet had taken a creature, um, really big space creature that is able to, with its mind, um, make whatever you want to be be. And so it, they they torture it, and they're like they hurt him if they if he doesn't give them what they want. So it looks like they have a perfect community with all this great commerce and beautiful surroundings and it's just because that is what the alien has created for them
1: but and do they have to torture it they have to torture it to get it to give them because it want.
0: wants to do what it wants to do and when it, when it wants to it's it, like the creature i mean creature is good or bad i think it's probably good and um it's just trapped and it, it just wants to it really wants to get out but they don't want it to they don't want it to go away because then their their world would disappear so yes they torture it and they heard it when it does something that they don't want it to do. Um, and so then the, then Voyager discovers something's up and they figure it out and they help it be so that a creature is released, you know, and they decide but that not to ruins... other people. Cause they're like, no, you're not going to join the Federation. You are torturing this creature.
1: There's a short story and I can't remember who wrote it. I think it's by a female author um in the past 30 years but it's about this town that's perfect where there's no problems uh, but there's that one kid who's locked away somewhere and the only way we can all be happy and have everything be fine is this one kid needs to lead a miserable oh, existence
0: Wow! and so yeah, it's that was, yeah that's it that's it and this is a and beautiful so, moment because at the end of that episode the the alien is released up it kind of looks like a huge 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 jellyfish it just comes up out of the earth and and then its mate comes and finds it and they get to be back together you know it's been apart from its mate its whole life for well for as long as he had been having to deal with those people judgment at far point i think that's the name of it the, the episode
1: and this is a voyager episode
0: it's the very first one it's yeah and it's two-parter the very first um, no i'm sorry not voyager um,
1: next the generation. next generation yeah is it yeah. encounter at farpoint
0: yes it is Encounter oh. at farpoint. okay Thank no you. no that,
1: Thank that's you. that's yeah yeah that's a theme because i was now i'm like judgment at farpoint Ooh, there's like
0: sorry wait, there's well i mean there is a trial i mean q acts as a judge but yes. you're right it is it is you're right encounter yep see you you could look at you being a good checker checky <laughs> uh i i've spent
1: many years working hard to remember stupid things that nobody else <laughs> needs to remember just to be able to deploy them at such times as this so, I guess, a utility in life. Uh, how do you through the years? So you started watching as a kid. So we're talking about like late afternoon, you would come from school and watch a rerun of the next generation yeah. or OK,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: So did you start watching when next generation was already off or was it still being shown, but it was also, in I
0: was a kid. I I can't remember what year it started. I should know. Right. Um, But I think I was in junior high when it started. Okay. And I remember being excited because I, I, the reason I love Star Trek is my dad loved it and you know, and we were, so our whole family was well, me and my dad and my sister were really excited to um, see this new Star Trek. And we were so, we're like, what are they going to do? How is it going to be? And we were all just so excited about it. But I was in junior high then. So it really is the Star Trek I mostly grew up with. I would just watch the original series a bit on the side. But I would get annoyed because the girls had to wear short dresses and the guys would get in fistfights. You know, that's ridiculous.
1: Yes, the one in the late 60s, early, yeah. I feel like late 60s, early 70s. It's so funny. You had the dad experience I had, which was the same thing. I didn't know anything about Star Trek, but then I remember when Star Trek was going to come on, apparently that was a thing for my dad. And I'm like, okay, we're going to watch Star Trek because, and then he would tell me later on that when he was younger, Star Trek was this magical show that Mm -hmm. dealt with racism and, and in some ways sexism, but dealt with like a better world. It was kind of utopian. It had kind of hippie ideals in it. And, he really loved it. And then the fact that there was going to be this new Star Trek was, yeah, this bonding experience between me and my dad.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
1: How much, so how much do you think if your dad didn't care and this wasn't a big family thing, do you think you'd be into Star Trek today?
0: I think so. I mean, can I really know that? I don't know. My dad was always into sci-fi. So um, we would watch, we watched the original Battlestar Galactica. We watched all of yeah. that. So how much of that is because my dad was watching it and I watched it with him? I don't know if I can really say. I, I would think just because of my attraction to sci-fi world, no matter what, I would have been, been, found it interesting.
1: Is there any you, other TV you, show? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. sorry. I didn't interrupt you.
0: Oh, no, no. If, even if he hadn't been, I think I would have found it interesting.
1: Uh, did you introduce the show to your husband or you guys both already watched the show?
0: Um... No, he knew it. My, so I'll pull, my my husband is from Spain, so you know he grew up okay. in a different country. But they had all of our um, um, all of our TV shows. So they would eventually get there. So I, he did see Star Trek: uh, Next Generation, and yes, he loved it too. But I think I don't know. I think we just started really watching because at that yeah, we we started really watching the Next Generation together. You know, it was one of our bonding things
1: was it like after you were married or while you were dating
0: i'm trying to remember I, i'm sure it was both i think it had to be when we were dating we dated about you know a couple years before we got married so it, and, and it was on at that time so yeah yeah I, it wasn't like a regular thing like our date night was never hey let's go watch star trek together right but once we're living in the same house and the tv's on we'll gravitate towards star trek or something
1: how do you how do you watch it? Are you watching it on Netflix or somewhere else?
0: Uh, Netflix, yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we don't have cable or anything, which is why we don't have cable or satellite. So, <sighs> see, my Jane, my my Jane. Oh, our dog is named Janeway. Have I already said that? Um, she's first. You did.
1: So, Captain Janeway from Voyager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is this um, your first animal you named after a Star Trek character? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Our other one, our other dog we have right now is named Oliver. He's named I don't need to get into that. But, you know, basically it's orphan, little orphan Oliver. You'd bring him oh. into your house. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like Oliver Twist kind of thing?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. very nice.
0: Wh- uh, who. D-
1: Through the years, have you had experiences beyond, so your dad and maybe your family watched Star Trek The Next Generation, and then you kind of struck up this love for Star Trek The Next Generation with your husband. Have there been other people that you've watched Star Trek with through the years, or not?
0: Hmm, Not really. I think it has always been an individual thing, really. You know, just on my own, or, or if my husband's here, we both watch it together, you know? I'm, and I'm, I, know, I, tend, yeah. I tend to be like that anyway. I tend to just do things on my
1: own. How come you haven't gotten into, so how come you're not, you don't watch the movies all the time? How come you don't read the comic books? How come yeah. you don't read the novels? How come you don't cosplay as the red <laughs> shirt who's going to die? I mean, how come you what haven't really I- gotten into track?
0: One time I did go to. Um, I used to live in Lubbock, Texas, and I went to a comic con there, and um, and I did go to some of the Star Trek stuff there. Um, I know there was a because I, I think a lot of them have their own um, spaceship together. You know, they pre- they all come together and are spaceship people, and they become sorry people that do this. I'm not very well informed on this. Oh, you mean <laughs> but, like you know they come so together there and people... they have they have roles and they do different I got things. You. I never got into that. No, I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, and I never did the comic book stuff much. Where, are there Star Trek comic books?
1: There's Star Trek comic books, but there are a lot of Star Trek books, at least there have been periods yes. with a lot of Star Trek novels, right. but just never felt like it. It was just never, eh. Yeah, no, I
0: no. no yeah, I never have read that. I'm, well, so the other side of this is Star Wars, right? And um, my sister... Um, would read a lot of the Star Wars books. Now, yes, Star Wars, because there are a lot of Star Wars books that were yes. the story to another. So she read a lot of that, and I would read a little bit, but usually I wouldn't be that impressed with it.
1: <laughs> if someone gave you the chance, I don't think I've ever asked anyone else a question like this on this podcast so far, but now I want to because we're talking about fantasy and sci-fi and speculative fiction worlds, and I love all those things. If you had a chance, if someone said you can go be on the crew in a role in any of these shows, so anywhere from like Enterprise is one of the later shows, but it's before the original series, so early stuff, Enterprise all the way to the latest stuff happening now with like Picard and Discovery on CBS yeah. All Access. What work would you want to do and what ship would you want to be on? Who'd you Ooh. want, basically who?
0: Um, I probably wouldn't want to be a science officer, you know, um, and, you know, I probably would, I think I would want to either be on the Enterprise or on Voyager. I think it's interesting to be stuck in a place that you don't know. And you have to get along with all the people on the ship because you're not going anywhere. You know, so.
1: Voyager's scary, though. Like, not that the other ones aren't scary. I mean, the next generation have to deal with the Borg. And so there's all kinds of terrible things. But Voyager gets, they're lost in space. Would you be willing to be lost in space?
0: Because they, ha- because they they meet interesting people too. You know, um, if I really think about it, would I actually like to? No, probably not. But the idea of it, I think I would be okay. I mean, and they even have kids on the ship. You know, there's there's a baby born and several babies. Well, at least one baby born, and you know they just grow up in that world and it's what you do. And but luckily the people that you're surrounded by are pretty, pretty good people. You know, they. Yeah. They know how to deal with the world.
1: So people have then, talked about the oh sorry. Voyager,
0: you know do, do you, so do you, like Voyager. The other thing is there was this offset of Federation called the Maquis. That's like the Federation is wrong, and um, uh, so they actually what Voyager in the original series first episode was after that ship to go because one of their people was on board the ship as a secret agent. And then they go to find the Maki ship and both the Maki ship and Voyager get, although it's sent to Delta Quadrant. So they have to survive together. So they combined together. So it's not even just everyone on the ship. All of a sudden all all these Maki people that get into the crew and you already don't trust each other. You have to trust each other to be okay on the ship. And then you have to explore this world you've never seen before.
1: And they're specifically anti-federation.
0: They, they they just don't quite they don't quite agree with what the federation has done. They don't they not want okay. to be told what to do. They're they're not bad people. You know, it's just like the absolutism of the federation. This is the way it is. There's always going to be some people that are like, no, it could be this way. Yeah. But they get, they end up getting along very well. And they uh, even, if some. Like, the, the chief engineer ends up being the Maquis chief engineer, you know? So, you know, they, they, get, uh, they get good. They get b- fully integrated into the crew.
1: Is that conflict run through the entire series, or it kind of gets shaken out in the beginning, it, and then they kind of work
0: together? Uh, uh, probably two or three years into it, there's nothing. I would think there's almost nothing left.
1: if someone had
0: they've been together so long you know and, and yes. they've accepted each other they've accepted each other and they're not like you're just wrong you have to do this I mean there's never any <laughs> that, no there's not an absolutism about it and so and so the Voyager crew has to be a little bit more yes you still have to obey the prime directive but sometimes you have to do things a little different than than the Federation might have wanted you to do it because you have to get along in the world And, and no one's no one's looking at them and saying, no,
1: you did that wrong. Because They, <laughs> they don't, don't have any oversight. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: If somebody had never watched Star Trek and they're like, uh, people talk about Star Trek or somebody's like, I'm into Star Wars. Maybe I've been. What would you recommend? Some people I know, having rewatched a little bit the first like couple seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. It had kind. of, I mean, it's some people talk about those first couple seasons are a little stilted. The yeah. you know, it yeah. hasn't found its. What would you recommend if somebody's like, I haven't watched Star Trek before? What would you tell them? You need to start with this series and either from the beginning or the. What, what would you tell somebody?
0: I, I'm. i Guess I'm kind of a purist. I'm like, um, start from the first episode. But I, I agree that. So I. I think maybe Next Generation is the best place to try it in. You know, start there. Um and it's, yes, the first couple seasons are a little bit, eh. um, they're trying, still finding their groove and there's more personality as it goes along. Um, but you've got to see the people develop, too. You know, it's, it's fun because you see people change. That's, that's the fun of it all. So start, I guess I would say start watching Next Generation.
1: And go, only go back to the original series later. I mean, original series yes. feels a little oh, the original dated. Original
0: series, so. is, it's good. I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I am quick to say, oh, it's just all about masculinism. Kirk really was, he had he had gravitas to him more than I realized, you know? Like, do you
1: mean the character or you mean you appreciate yes. William Shatner?
0: No, no, the character. The character. Yeah, I'm like, oh, he's not just a guy that thinks he's everything. You know, he really does care. You know, I I, I think when I, when I think back, when I would watch it when I was a kid, I would think uh, he just, it's kind of like old, because they they love to go back to this, too. It's kind of like the old Wild West of yes. when a man was a man. And I hate that kind of thing. I hate that. So, um, it's not all that. It is absolutely getting along with people, even back then, you know. And, uh The original, there's something to it. I mean, that was where it started. So, What do
1: people think? So when I found out you like Star Trek, uh, we worked together for a long while. Uh, I thought it was awesome uh, because I like sci-fi. What do other people think in general? Who do you tell that you like Star Trek? How often does it come up? And what do people think Uh when they find out how much Star Trek
0: you watch? I, I'm, I'm not, it, it's funny, the, like recently we had this thing where we had to admit our, our guilty pleasure on TV, you know? Yeah. And I would never say Star Trek because I am not guilty about it. I am, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like, I love it. I'm, I'm very willing, you know, I, obviously we named our dog Jane Wayne. A lot of people don't get that because, but, um, uh. I'm I'm upfront about it, but I try not to be too much in people's face about it. But yeah, I have I have a live long and prosper sign on the back of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I like just having it's there if you notice it. You know, is that kind of what you mean?
1: Uh, well, I was just curious because I know sometimes, well, let's say back in the day. I mean, I don't think my dad ever cared. But Trekkies, when Star Trek was on for only a few seasons, but then it had this cult following, Trekkies were things like Dungeons and Dragons and comic books mm. and Star Trek. <laughs> These were nerdy things mm-hmm. that you got judged for. Um, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: But it doesn't sound like well, you but, felt but a lot of it. I
0: think you and I grew up in the age where that was starting to become the cool thing.
1: It, yes, you know? we did.
0: There's no, there is no guilt now. And I, I wish I, I never did Dungeons and Dragons. I wish I would have. Um, uh, and now it's, if you say that people are like, well, oh, that's cool. You know?
1: <laughs> yes. I don't
0: know. It's weird.
1: Well, okay. Now, now I feel like, uh, me and everybody else needs to go back and start with Encounter at Farpoint, which I completely forgot introduces Q from the very beginning, who is yes. a repeating character, yes. um. Okay, we're all going to watch okay, Star Trek The Next Generation.
0: Occasional repeating, and he does show up. I can't remember if he's in Deep Space Nine, how awful. I can't remember that, but he's in, definitely in Voyager, too.
1: Oh, he is in Voyager. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right.
1: Uh, want to check it out.
0: Yep. So really, I have to say, I do love Voyager the absolute most, but I feel like to get the real heart and soul of, I feel like Star Trek Next Generation is the setup for the rest of it. Yeah. yeah it
1: is the modern revisioning and they've yeah. kind of they've kept following that all the way through
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure well thanks this was really interesting uh thank you for making the time well thank you uh this was mindy and she likes star trek and she thinks the world would be a better place if uh some of y'all like star trek a little more too <laughs>